0: Welcome to the Addiction Solution Podcast. I'm Michelle Dunbar. Mark Sheeran and I will be talking today about addiction and about guilt and shame and why uh, you need to get rid of those things in order to really solve your problem. We wrote the Freedom Model for Addictions Escape the Treatment and Recovery Trap and the Freedom Model for the Family to help people to learn how they can solve addiction and move on with their lives. We offer an incredible opportunity to work with us directly in private one-on-one classes. You can learn about all of our products at thefreedommodel.org and soberforever.net. Um, it's a pretty interesting thing that in the recovery world, one of the things, one of the primary motivators that's supposed to keep you sober is guilt. And shame, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. You're, the whole model of AA is about shaming people. Yeah. That you should feel bad. There's a Let me explain. There's So there's a term in AA when you go to the meetings where they say you have to keep it green. Mm-hmm. And what that means is you have to keep it in the forefront of your mind, all the bad things that have just happened on your last drunk or your last year of drinking and, and, and or drugging. And this this focus on the costs and guilt and shame and pain is supposed to divert you from taking that next drink. And this is exactly how they talk about it. So um, keeping it green is a way of making people feel like garbage about something they did in yesteryear and keeping it fresh mm-hmm. in your mind. And it's incredibly ineffective. I mean dramatically ineffective, what happens is you will temporarily be diverted from your drinking habit because you feel terrible. And then what happens is your mind will switch to the benefits of drinking to feel better.
0: Exactly.
1: And so you rotate back into a feedback loop where you go right back to the devil you know and you start drinking again. Then bad things happen. You feel guilty and shameful. You go to AA or rehab. They focus on costs some more. To divert you from using some more, and it actually fuels the actual um, process and uh, uh, that they're trying to divert you from. It fuels it, and so shame, shame especially is is um, a way of keeping people locked into their quote unquote addiction because. Um, so what? So what is shame? Let's let's define it first before we get deep into this. Um, so we do guilty things. Sometimes we do something that hurts people or that we regret
0: or that hurts ourselves. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, we might hate ourselves. We're, we feel guilty and guilt is a feeling, right? That's the way we interpret a situation. So our emotions are run by our perspective on, on a situation. And so we, we perceive it to be, um, something we wish we didn't do. And then you regret it and you feel guilty about it. And, I suppose I, I've often thought, that is there, is there something productive about that? And I think there is. I think that temporarily uh, maybe identifying something that you wish you didn't do is a way of learning, right? Sure. And a pang of guilt might direct us to change a behavior temporarily or even permanently. Um, but then something happens, and that's when we internalize it and we become shameful, or we have shame. Shame is where we take and we personify the guilt and we make it an identity. Right. And that is, I am, I am shameful. I am a bad person. It goes from that was a bad event or happening or situation to I am bad. Right. And once you get there, here's the problem. It's a massive, massive, unproductive uh, cloak. Over the problem it, it makes it so that you're not able to analyze the problem because your mind can only handle one thing at a time so if you're so focused on shame and pain and the fact that you're a bad person think about this you stop thinking about the situation and you, you concentrate on how bad you are
0: right right it, it, it's it's wallowing you start to wallow and ruminate on not the problem itself but the fact that you're a failure and that you don't deserve good things and that you're this terrible person because of the things that you do. And I can tell you that, that the recovery world amplified that for me even long after I stopped, you know, drinking and using drugs. It, you know, I, I took that into my future and and that's kind of by design in the recovery world because it, that's what's supposed to keep you sober. I don't want to go back to that. I really liked that activity, which made me a bad person because I liked it.
1: Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, and you should feel guilty about the fact that you liked it so much because what the what the treatment community does is they only look at the costs and the end yeah. ramifications. They don't look at the front-end benefits. They ignore the actual reason that you get high uh, or drunk, they they ignore the fact that you like it. You know, we don't get addicted to things we hate, right? Right, we right. don't build habits around something that we find reprehensible or painful. We, there's got to be some benefit you're getting out of your use pattern, or you wouldn't be doing it so heavily. And uh, so they ignore that part. And here's the deal: whenever we drink and drug, there are risks and costs associated with that. But but to ignore the fact that on the front end we're enjoying it and we're motivated to do it and then and then just focus on the costs is is a completely inadequate analysis of the situation you can't change a situation you don't understand so if you only have half the information and you're only looking at the half that sucks right you're never addressing your perceived benefits that you see in that habit which is what drives the habit
0: it's it's so interesting Because on the one hand, this is the thing. So somebody from the outside, somebody that's not in your mind, right? Nobody else is in your mind, will look in at your situation and think either you're a bad person or you're mentally ill, right? Right. Because, Because you keep doing these things. So they create this false dichotomy where when you say... You know, to someone addiction isn't a disease, they automatically think what you're saying is this person is terrible and selfish. And it's neither of those things. And I know we've talked about this before, but it's so important because it's there are many people have many kinds of um, things that they like. Like, little fetishes or whatever it is and things that they like that they don't think other people would understand. And so they make it secretive about it. And then they feel the shame and guilt. And then exactly what Mark said happens, you, you start to kind of, um, focus in on that shame and guilt and then you keep doing this thing that you really like feeling terrible about because
1: you're ignoring the benefits
0: exactly you're
1: you're ignoring on the front end that you think alcohol or drugs serves you in some way right and and so so the treatment industry by and what i mean by the treatment industry is the entire recovery society the whole cultural paradigm ignores ignores any of the benefits that you see in, in getting drunk or high. Now, some of those benefits are false. Right. They're not real. That's a different discussion, though. That's really a different discussion. Let, for, for this discussion, let's assume that you believe that alcohol and drugs serve you in some way, whether it's the relief of stress, anxiety, whatever it might be. Um, but, but by ignoring all that and focusing on costs, uh, they then go into a really tricky trap. And that is, because it has costs, it must be involuntary.
0: Right. Because no sane person would keep doing that because of the high costs.
1: That's right. That's the idea. So now I want you to think about this. So you get high or drunk because you see benefit in the act of doing that. That fact is ignored. Bad things then happen. They make you feel guilty and shameful about it. Or maybe bad things happened and you do feel guilty and right. shameful about right. it. And then they say, uh, now let's concentrate on the, that guilt and shame. Let's amplify it so you don't keep going to it. Let's amplify and constantly rehash the costs. Because obviously this is an involuntary disease that creates all these costs because nobody in the right mind would behave this way with such high costs. So they're telling you to concentrate on the costs while also punishing you with a perpetual disease hmm. and the act and and acting as if this thing is involuntary based on the costs,
0: which in turn creates more shame because you think in your mind nobody would nobody would like this. Like So now I'm not allowed to even say anything that I like about it.
1: That's right. And so then as you feel worse in your sobriety, dwelling on the costs and pain, suffering and guilt and all of it, then you, you complete the feedback loop by then saying, well, to feel better, I think I'll go back to the drug that makes me feel better, which they, by the way, have called you they say you're self-medicating so they make it sound as if a drug is a medication for the mind and so now you have that the industry telling you you need the drug you're diseased and broken you're shameful you need to concentrate on cost you need to literally feel like shit about it and then they also tell you that it's a medicine for feeling bad. So they're telling you to feel bad and then deny yourself the very medicine that they say you use to get rid of these problems. Do you see how <laughs> much of a closed loop and, and, and total gaslighting uh, situation this is? So then you go back to drinking because the one piece in this whole puzzle that is completely ignored is where the solution lies, and that is why do you like it. That's yeah. ignored. You know, and in treatment, they're so terrified that you will uh, leave the rehab if you start talking about the benefits of getting high because uh, they see it as a compulsion. So if you start to talk about it, it's dangerous. You know, don't get into your drunk log But then, if you're at a meeting, they have you speak on it for an hour. Right. I mean, the the, the amount of... Backwards talk, gaslighting, and and totally uh, illogical method is is permeated throughout the the treatment industry. So here's here's the solution to all of this. There are risks associated with every single thing that you do, yep. whether it's drinking, and drugging, or not. Right, whatever. And when you when you make a decision, for instance, when you buy a car when you decide to go bungee jumping when you whatever whatever it is that you're deciding to do it's always based on the benefits of that choice creating a happier existence for yourself that's a fact that's the way we make decisions we are motivated by benefits we are not motivated by costs so as soon as uh, you have a drinking and drug problem the first thing you should be doing is saying to yourself what benefits do i see in this that i'm willing to pay such high costs for
0: well the other first thing you should do is let go of the shame and the guilt and when i say that in some people be like it's not just not that easy well it is and here's how you do that all people have things that they like to do all people have things that they like to do that somebody else next to them even even their sibling or their parent or their spouse doesn't understand. You know, we I, I'm not a hunter. Mark is a hunter. He loves it. He lives for it. Um, it's definitely not my thing. I can understand that he enjoys it, but it's never something I would do, right? right, right. So everybody has their things that they like to do. And perhaps at this point in time, drinking heavily is something you like to do. Can you look at it like, Hunting. Can you look at it like something else, and um, and that is going to be the key. Okay, just think about. It. There's nothing evil, immoral, or bad about wanting to use drugs or wanting to drink. I think that's that's crucial to being able to start figuring out and admitting to yourself. Okay, what do I really like about this?
1: That's a great point. So, so if you start the process of analyzing by first saying, okay, the act of drinking or drugging is not immoral or wrong. The act of it and the result of it. Now, if there are further ramifications that end up hurting the people around you, hurting yourself, and, and maybe some consequences that come downstream that are unforeseen or foreseen even, and we feel guilty about them and we feel bad about them, that's a separate issue. That's a completely separate issue. Exactly. So, so, so let – but the act in and, of, in and of itself, there's nothing wrong with wanting to feel good, right? It's like feeling guilty for sex. There's nothing wrong with sex. Everybody likes it, right? <laughs> right. I mean it's intrinsic to the human condition. And yet people feel horrible about it because they're taught to feel that way. So, so here's the point. Don't feel bad about the act, but you can feel bad if you've hurt people. That right, would be, right. that, that's called having a conscience and being a good human being. Now, does that mean you should feel shameful, become totally enveloped in self pity, and, and literally live in, in that misery, keep repeating it in your mind in every AA meeting for the rest of the next 20 years that you go to meetings? Uh, no hell no that's that's a an incredibly bad model Um, and the other thing is all it does is it creates a feedback loop right back to drinking because that's the devil you know to make you feel good because you've ignored those benefits right so we need to challenge the benefits we need to let go of guilt identify the benefits that we see on the front end of a drunk or a binge and then analyze the lastly exactly uh, whether they're factual. Are you getting out of the experience of drinking and drugging what you think you're getting out of it? Or does it end uh, where you're not getting those benefits? Now, I want to jump to something else here that's important. Um, the question becomes, how do people who have a, have a drink and drug problem, how do they age out? What, what is the crucial piece that makes people Uh, Over 9 out of 10 people that have a heavy drug problem. What is it that makes them stop? And what that is is you do come to grips with a reality. And the reality is that the benefits that we think we're getting from the drug, at some point we realize we're not getting anymore. Right. And that we didn't ever get them. That there was a time when we believed that our stress was being uh, abated by going on a binge. Well, you do that 50 times maybe 300 times, right? You go to hotels and you go on your binge. Um, maybe you do it 20 times. And then suddenly there comes a day where you go, God, you know, I'm more stressed. Yeah, My life is, is, is totally in the can and this just isn't working. Now when you say that, you're beginning the process of challenging the benefits naturally. And what you realize is that the alcohol or the drugs – haven't done their job they they don't actually do what you think they're doing now a lot of times this isn't conscious it's not like people go around and they analyze the benefits we do that at the retreat we yep. do that in fmpi in our private instruction course with people so we shorten up the aging out process but in the aging out process it's quite seamless we as humans figure out shit you know we figure out that things are working or not working for us and then we change our preferences So it's just like any other preference,
0: and and here's the thing too. If you, I want to go back to like hurting people and feeling shame and guilt for that kind of situation. Um, Sometimes one of the preferences we get from from our heavy substance use is the license to misbehave. It is, you know, we use it as a way to create chaos in our lives and the lives of others because that's something that we may actually see benefits in um, for whatever reason, because we develop these patterns, uh, strategies as as children that maybe we're, we needed for survival, and then we bring them into our adult life, and they don't work that well anymore. And and substance use is a lot like that. And, and heavy substance use, like I started heavy substance use in my teens, um, as an escape, as a, you know, to have fun, as a way to, as a like I want liked the license to misbehave and and I got to a point where um I just it didn't feel like it was serving me well anymore you know I I became an adult and there were things that I wanted and I I maybe not consciously but I knew I'm like if I keep this up I I'm not going to get the things that I want
1: yeah yeah exactly so so um Another factor of getting rid of guilt is is knowing that you never have to repeat this shit.
0: Exactly. You, d-
1: you don't have to behave today like you behaved in the past with a habit, right? You can break the habit. You can change your mind. You know, people, there, there's that term, change your mind. Change yeah. your mind. I'm going to change my mind. I changed my mind about that, right? Um, and we say it almost in a flippant way without even thinking about how powerful How powerful that statement is that we can, on a dime, on a new perspective, a simple new perspective on any given situation, I change my mind. For instance, some people are married for 20 years. They change their mind and they get a divorce. Right. Right? That's massive. That's life-changing. It might alter the lives of their children. It might have huge financial ramifications. But it all starts with a change of mind, doesn't it? Doesn't every single thing that you have ever done and navigated in your life demanded that you change your mind in some way as you move from thing to thing? Of course. There's no reason to believe that just because alcohol and drugs uh, affect your meat suit a little bit, that they would be different. Right. You know, we get a thrill from driving fast, and then we get older, which, by the way, if it changes your brain and changes your physiology when you're doing it, right? And then, and then we suddenly stop one day and we go I really don't want to kill my kids in the car so I'm going to slow down and I'm going to turn into a safe driver which is
0: what I did um, yeah you guys you and Bob used to ride your your dirt bikes and everything and I remember when Bob kind of hung up the dirt bike I was like what are you doing and he's like oh, I'll kill myself on this thing and we had kids so he was like I, I, yeah. I can't do this anymore
1: <laughs> right so, so the preference change happened from a change of mind right yeah and, uh, and so allow yourself the privilege to change your mind on a drug or a drinking habit. I have a student right now. Um, I won't give his name, obviously. We'll say his name is John. And, and John said to me, and this happens so often in this course, he said to me, you know, I really think it's as simple as, as moving on, Mark. I think I was ready to move on. And, and what the Freedom Model did was it corroborated that I wanted to do that. Yeah, but I, it's possible. Yeah. So, so labeling yourself with a disease you don't have, do you see how utterly, utterly devastating that is to the decision-making process? It eliminates it. It makes it so you can't analyze anything. And guilt and shame do the same thing. They are a blanket. It's like a veil you put over your eyes so you can't analyze the problem. And the problem, ironically, is that you see benefit in getting fucked up. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what it is, and uh, and and that takes some analysis to see if those benefits are real or not. That's a discussion again for another podcast. Maybe we'll do that next. Are the are the benefits real? Yeah, we've done some podcasts on that in the past, but it always it always demands some rehashing. Um,
0: yeah, I, I have a student now, and she said to me um, the, almost the exact same question that I asked my sponsor, um, you know, thirty years ago. And she said, she goes, I really think, I really think I'm done. I I don't, I can't see any benefits to being drunk now. And, and I really think I'm done, but I'm scared that something's going to happen because she's got a history in, in the, in the cult, so to speak. And she's like, I'm really scared something's going to happen. And all of a sudden I'm going to be struck drunk. And, um, and I asked that exact same question. I'm like, I, because I mentally had moved on from it. And, and I, it really does kind of wreck it. Like you're like, it really doesn't ha- hold any value to me anymore. And, and it is almost that simple, but it required, like there was, you know, whenever people get here, there's, there's so much shame and guilt. And especially if they've been through the treatment ringer and they've been to read recovery meetings and, and they feel like a failure and they feel what is that what do they say in a self will run riot like they're selfish and terrible people um you know we that's the first thing we have to get rid of yeah
1: yeah and then there's this idea in AA that um there's a line in the big book the book alcoholics anonymous where they say um self-knowledge is not the answer The irony, the (laughs) the irony irony. of that is that is exactly (laughs) Exactly. the answer. Like, like it it is (laughs) self-awareness is key. You need it. (laughs) it, It's the direct answer. Self-knowledge, the knowledge of why you do the things you do is the fundamental answer of, of choice making and they eliminate it. They literally eliminate the very You can't trust your
0: own thoughts. You can't trust your own image of yourself.
1: That's right. And that's what a cult does is it takes away individuality and creates groupthink with a power structure. So jump out of that nonsense and uh, read the freedom model. Um, And stop
0: beating yourself up.
1: Yeah. Let go of the guilt. For the things that you like. That's right. If there's something that's making you feel guilty, stop it for the time being. Yep. You'll figure out whether you need to feel guilty about it or not as time goes on and you get a more rational view of the situation. Um, get the facts in the Freedom Model, read it. Uh, we'll have the audiobook soon. Um, and, and, and yeah, so. And
0: look, at, there is a certain, I don't know how to put it delicately. But sometimes we sit in our shame and guilt, and we see benefits in doing that. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, self pity has benefits, and that's there's no risk. Yeah, you know, there's it's a safe zone. It's an insulative uh, shrinking of your life. Yeah, where you can just wallow and not have the risk of trying and working hard to grow as
0: an individual and evolve. It keeps you stagnant. Keeps you stagnant, and in some cases, we think it keeps us isolated and safe and playing the victim yeah you know and um, and you don't you don't have to do that anymore if that's become a habit for you um, then maybe what you need to abstain from is that for a period of time
1: yeah start taking risk get out of your house try some stuff and mm-hmm. and realize that there's so much more in life and and you can move on you know you really can move on all right if you want to know more about the freedom model, uh, you can get a free copy, a free digital copy at thefreedommodel.org. Use coupon code uh, FREEDOM100, that's FREEDOM and then the digits uh, 100, one word, FREEDOM100, at checkout and you can download it to your device. If you want a paperback copy, you can go to Amazon or any book retailer. Now I'm going to let Michelle do her spiel.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for listening today. If you or someone you know is seeking help for a substance use problem or other habitual behavior, or you want help breaking free and moving past recovery as well, you can call us at 888-424-2626 or visit our websites, thefreedommodel.org and soberforever.net. SoperForever.net provides detailed information about our residential retreat, the Saint Jude Retreat. TheFreedomModel.org is our hub, and it has a ton of free resources and information, including videos, our podcasts, free eBooks, and information about our at-home private instruction program. As Mark said, you can get digital editions of our full program books for your mobile device um, at theFreedomModel.org. Choose the book you want, and type in coupon code FREEDOM100 at checkout. Um, Follow us on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and subscribe to the Freedom Model YouTube channel. We also have three private Facebook groups we started for people to discuss their experiences breaking free from addiction and recovery. They are the Freedom Model Group Moving Beyond Addiction and Recovery and Families Moving Beyond Addiction and Recovery. And if you feel like you need detox, if you're ready to stop Uh, heavy alcohol use or benzodiazepines, opiates, or even suboxone or methadone. You're ready to move on from that as well. You can call our friends at Gallus Detox. That's G as in girl, A-L-L-U-S Detox.com. And they will help you. Thank you so much from everyone here at the Freedom Model. We wish you well. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye.